Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 5th, and today, that's right, it is National Bikini Day. It's also National Apple Turnover Day and National Graham Cracker Day, along with, you're going to love this, Gretchen, National Workaholics Day. That's right. Shout out to all the workaholics out there. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and you can use that fancy little QR code to find out where we live on the Internet and make sure that you subscribe and follow us on all social media platforms. We're live every day on YouTube and also audio only on Twitter spaces, and I'm about to get that room started right now. So um, we are going to kick it off. Is Has he made it? Is he in the building? Oh, yes, there he is. That's right. We're going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lameet, the king of flip-flopping, the Quasimodo caretaker, and, of course, the little baby Zozo specialist. That's right. Oh, yes, it's the dope dad himself. Oh, it's flip-flopping. That's right. He's ready for today. It is none other than the Rico Lameet. You're on mute, Rico. I don't know, but you're on mute, bro. We can't hear you. You are on mute. Yeah. What? All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. We are gonna move over to Gretchen Gailey, and she has two stories for us today. And Gretchen Gailey is the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider. Oh yeah, who loves to take her dogs for long strolls, dressed in crazy pajamas and outfits, almost looking like all the wackadoodles out in D.C. That's right, is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. Uh, good morning, afternoon. Uh, what do you want to hear first, Jason Beck? Do you want Booker or Gun? Booker. All right. From Marijuana Moment, Booker slams two-tier system of marijuana criminalization that shields powerful from punishment while discussing Hunter Biden plea deal. Senator Cory Booker says that while he believes the justice system has effectively handled prosecution against President Joe Biden's son, there's still a double standard in the country that has allowed presidents and members of Congress to admit to pass marijuana use with impunity while subjecting thousands of less privileged people to punitive cannabis laws. In an interview with CNN's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace that was released late last month, the senator was asked whether he believes that there's a, bi- a partisan bias in the criminal legal system, pointing out that the Justice Department offered Hunter Biden a deal in which he will plead guilty to two tax evasion charges and avoid perse- prosecution 
over separate allegations that he lied about being an active user of an illegal drug when filling out a federal form to purchase a firearm. Wallace contrasted the case with the ongoing federal prosecution of former President Donald Trump, who is facing dozens of felony counts in connection with classified documents he allegedly kept and displayed unlawfully after leaving office. Booker said that he wasn't familiar with the details of Biden's prosecution, but he did have something to say about cannabis-related enforcement disparities. He said, look, you're talking to a guy who has seen the worst of the criminal justice system in America, where you see a two-tier system. If you're a congressperson, a congressperson or a senator or a president, you can admit to using marijuana, but we are a nation that has been arresting young, low-income black and brown people, literally thousands in America, who can't get jobs for doing things that at least four presidents have admitted to doing. So I don't know the particulars of this case. I imagine that there were prosecutors, a Trump-appointed prosecutor, who, like many prosecutors, are going after it with vigor, and they came to a plea deal. As far as I'm concerned in the work that I have to do, I think justice has taken its course. As part of the plea deal, the Justice Department is not expected to pursue criminal charges against the president's son over his alleged unlawful possession of a firearm while being an active user of an illicit substance. Before details about the deal were announced, attorneys for Biden reportedly told DOJ officials that a recent federal court ruling on gun rights for people who use marijuana should invalidate any charges related to allegations that he lied about his drug use of the federal firearms purchase form. Lying on the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosive Form is a felony offense, but the constitutionality of the underlying drug question itself has come under scrutiny in several federal courts, at least as far as cannabis is concerned. Biden's counsel specifically cited a February ruling in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Oklahoma that deemed the ban preventing marijuana consumers from buying and possessing firearms to be unconstitutional. Trump's charges, meanwhile, are related to allegations that he improperly and illegally stored highly sensitive documents, at times revealing them to people without clearance in violation of the Espionage Act. Booker said on CNN that he did not see a partisan double standard, even if he does believe it is to be true that high-level officials are able to get their way with emissions of illegal drug use that have landed countless others behind bars. The senator who has championed cannabis legalization efforts in Congress is separately pushing for cannabis expungements to be a part of bipartisan marijuana banking reform bill that may receive a Senate committee vote this month. Booker has said that lawmakers are working to resurrect the package of marijuana reform legislation from last session, acknowledging that failure to advance a banking fix for the industry literally means that hundreds of businesses go out of business. In April, he also notably called marijuana a dangerous drug, that he nonetheless wants to legalize and regulate. Uh, I, I, I told Jason, frankly, when he suggested this story to me, that there's not much meat on the bones. But let's talk about it. This scratch from Pi 9 News. The um, criminalization of drug possession while in or around or in commerce with um, illegal drugs is one that is just ripe for abuse. When they rolled in on me, I had a bunch of guns, lawfully owned them, um, and I also was growing weed. So they decided that they weren't going to prosecute me on that because I think they knew that was a little bit of a stretch. I think the Hunter Biden thing is a bit of a stretch. Um, you lied on this? Yeah, you lied on the, the form. Okay. How many people that use illegal substances lie on these forms? Uh, it's, it's an issue that is... You know, blown out of proportion, and these laws should either be 
taken off the books or restricted in some way. Removing it from Schedule 1 will be helpful a bit, but, you know, what if you're taking Vicodin with fentanyl in it and it's a known illegal drug and then they roll and find it and all your guns are gone? I, I just don't have an answer. And my vet friends, guys that I work with, they do not want to admit to using cannabis because it has impacts on your First Amendment rights. And it just continues to be a, a, you know, a suboptimal um, position to be in. It's because no one wants to just legalize this shit and, you know, and figure it out that way. They want to continue to incrementalize here. And you get these crazy positions being taken or, you know, I, there, there just isn't an answer to this as long as they continue to play games with illegal drugs and guns. I understand that, you know, people don't want to lie and commit a felony by lying on these forms. Uh, my question is, and I don't know if anyone here knows the answer. Do we know of many people who are actually prosecuted on this? I don't know Dale, of anyone. do you know of many it's, people who've been taken to court for the gun and the drug deal? As, as a, a single initiative prosecution, it's almost unheard of. It gets thrown in as extra baggage. And with Biden, it was a way to get him to cop to a felony and then give him an out. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, these are just used to, to jack up charges and get people to cop to things and, and get cases resolved. It's not really the meat and bones of very many prosecutions. The woman, um, the woman we talked about last week, uh, can you guys can hear me okay now? Yeah, we yeah. can now. Mm -hmm. There he is. All right, all right, perfect. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, the woman we talked about last week, uh, the woman from uh, Virginia, she actually got popped on that because they said that she lied to obtain a gun. Um, her kid, you know, sad story all around. Her kid used her gun to shoot her, uh, shoot their teacher. Um, mm -hmm. They actually are using. This Is this the one in the Hamptons? In Hampton Roads? Um, in, uh, I want to say, yeah. Like yeah. the six-year-old who, or not, a, it was in like Ham a first grader Ham who shot their Hampton. teacher? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but that was looking for some. Not, not the, yeah, not the Hamptons. Virginia's Hampton. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. Hampton Roads. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think that just goes to Dale's point that, you know, they were looking for something else they had to, mm -hmm. to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, that's part of the problem with the multiple jurisdictions involved in this, um, because th this woman was looking at being negligent with a handgun, having a, a kid who's got mental problems up the ass, and the kid shoots somebody. And now everyone's trying to cover their ass, and she can't because, you know, she technically lied to get this gun, which a lot of people do. But, yeah, when you get caught, it's like, you know, I... I got caught growing a small number of marijuana plants, okay? I was not what you thought of as a big cartel grower and shit like that, but technically I violated the law and they kicked my ass, okay? And they can do that. If you do enough to qualify for certain levels of charges, especially in the federal system, and they decide to, they will beat you half to death over it. You know, something interesting right here, Nick Bradley in the chat, he's saying in 2020, federal prosecutors received 478 referrals for lying on Form 4473 and filed only 298 cases of those. So I guess people do get prosecuted for this. Like it's not well, uncommon. Yeah, but what they don't tell you, was it a single subject prosecution or do they start scratching and sniffing and found other things that they can throw in? Mm -hmm. um, because this tends to be a throw-in charge. 
Mm-hmm. That they'll they'll negotiate on. It isn't like the the heart or the gravamen of what they're after you for. Yeah. Um, so you know, those, those statistics that you know you can make what out of whatever you want. Interesting. Interesting. Dale, do you think this is any type of a press uh, precedent uh, setting type of case as far as them the, and this enforcement on this? Um, no. But what I think it does is it might open the eyes of people that they're doing what for what? I mean, a lot of people think we've legalized marijuana in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, people tend to think if we get one little inch that we've gone the whole nine yards and it's all legal now. It's not. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we see is there are still, there are loads of problems that could be stacked on. If you get charged with a, an offense and you're involved, you touch marijuana or cannabis or you've any, any involvement, they can, they can add stuff onto you. And the average person looks at this and goes, well, why? You know, this seems like overcharging. Well, of course it's overcharging. That's how the criminal justice system works. If we can get you with 10 charges and you cop to one, that's better than charge you two things. And maybe we don't win either one of them. We lose a case. It's the, the game that gets played on the criminal justice side. Shitty game. I mean, it doesn't matter at all. I mean, people want to talk about Hunter Biden and compare it to cannabis. Does it matter that that's not the substance he is accused of using? Well, at a certain level, no, because the law does not say if you are in possession of cannabis or you lie about cannabis use, it's illegal drug use. And so cannabis fits in that that cohort of substances. Um, But any of them, any Schedule One drug, or any drug you're in possession of, you didn't require, you didn't acquire by a prescription, is an illegal substance, and you could get tagged for this. Mm-hmm. So, it's not just I'm a pilot, you know, and if, if you lie on your pilot's application that oh I don't use drugs, and they you test dirty at some point, ooh, geez, you know that's a problem too. You can be charged with lying on those forms too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Denzel Washington taught us all that um, sometimes the highest of pilots can be the best of pilots. Oh boy! I'm having trouble hearing him. Is that just me? Um, I, I, Denzel I, Washington taught us he, that the highest of pilots can be the most skilled pilots. Oh, trust me, I know, uh, and I can still take off and land a plane if I need to. But I don't want to see people burning, you know, dabs in the in the cockpit while they're flying a plane. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm uncomfortable with that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh man, they're losing cabin pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of vapor in the air today. Yeah. Yes, uh, there is. Oh, man. But I, I, I just want to want to circle back to my story. I just, that, 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 there's, there's a lot of vapor. Oh, uh, well, I, I just I just want to say this. You know, I just don't understand where all of the social justice warriors are at on this, um, because I am just surprised that I'm not seeing the level of outrage um, that you would anticipate when you see all of these social justice warriors out advocating for for this person or that person, and yet they're not outraged that Hunter Biden is only being charged with such little of a crime. Oh, please, Jason Beck, get over it. Just Frankly, saying. Hunter Hunter Biden <laughs> is being made an example of. Real people don't have to deal with this shit at all. I mean, he, he paid the tax. Like Dale said, this is a throwaway charge. The only reason there's been so much scrutiny on the fucker is because he's the president's son. I don't know. 298 cases is, is, is a substantial amount, I would say, within a year, Gretchen. Well. I would say you are wrong. Yeah. As usual. But if my Jason's daddy was right. vice president, and you Gretchen think I wouldn't wrong. use that as a marketing tool to get me a job? 
fuck, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And the Trump right. family did the same goddamn thing. So it's like, where, where do you draw the line? When are you going to be a hypocrite? Well, everybody about this is a hypocrite. And I would say that social justice warriors, as soon as it involves guns, their buttholes pucker right up. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I can't say anything positive about gun rights when there's no hard line here. These things all get mixed together like a marmalade. And at some point, you got to cut through it and point out the injustice. Whether it's, you know, might involve an issue you don't like, there's injustice everywhere you look. All of this. Oh, that, yeah. That is true. Yeah, injustice people love the fucking Constitution, except when it comes to the Second Amendment. Oh, it's, their butts pucker. You can see it on their face. Oh, man. They don't know how to shoot. Little cringers. They don't know how to shoot. Little cringers. Uh, you ready with your story, Rico? You, you now that you're back with us? Oh, I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. Can you, you right. hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you, you hear fantastic. Okay, right? Yes, yes. All right, perfect. All right, so now we have the Quasimodo caretaker and the little baby Zozo specialist over here. That's right. He's the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lameet. All right, Jason. I am back like I left something, man. So uh, my story today, speaking of vapors, speaking of effervescence, I'm going to go out to the great state of New York once again. And uh, today we're going to talk about the smell of weed. The human sense of smell is closely linked to memory, probably more so than any of our other senses. According to Venkatesh Murthy, a Harvard University neuroscience researcher, the connection so prominent due to the brain's anatomy. In a 2020 panel titled olfaction olfaction in science and society sponsored by the harvard museum of natural history in collaboration with the harvard brain science initiative uh the raymond leo erickson life science professor and chair of the department of molecular and cellular biology said smells are handled by the olfactory bulb the structure in the front of the brain that sends information to the other areas of the body's central command for further processing odors take a direct route to the limbic system, including the amygdala and the hippocampus, the regions related to emotion and memory. Maybe this is why damn near every memory I have of growing up on the East Coast, visiting family in the Big Apple each summer, has a faint aroma of garbage and cigarettes. Between my chain-smoking Panamanian relatives and the overflowing dumpsters and bags lined up on every street, it was inevitable that type of stank love would forge a lasting fondness in my heart. Uh, But recently, at least since the decriminalization of cannabis in New York has taken place, relaxed consumption laws have led to the traditionally memory-tethered, flagrantly fragrant aromas of rotting garbage and cigarette smoke, often accompanied by faint notes of dollar slices, chopped cheese, and diesel exhaust fumes being replaced with California's finest terpene-rich flower selection. While I'd say it's a major upgrade, some tend to to disagree. Amongst said group of minority-numbered haters is Republican Assemblyman Michael Novikov. Per the article, Novikov is reportedly trying to provide uh, local governments with the right to ban cannabis use in public spaces. Um, May 25th, he he presented legislation that would apply similar rules to open usage as those of tobacco. Currently, uh, Bill A-7612 on May 25th has... No co-sponsors and still has no companion bill in the state Senate. However, writing in this legislative uh, justification, uh, Novikov said this, 
New York State has long established prohibitions against smoking tobacco in public spaces, given both the nuisance created by the smoke and the potential health hazards of secondhand smoke. In addition, smoking is restricted to adults, as it is generally accepted that while tobacco smoking may be legal, it is also in the eyes of many an undesirable habit for young people to adopt. See, you put a little uh, save the children in there, too. Uh, The precise same logic should dictate that cannabis smoking be treated in the same fashion. Now, while I tend to prefer the smell of sour diesel exhaust to that of burning coals, maybe the silent majority of New Yorkers stand behind Novikov. What do y'all think? Um, does Bill have a chance in hell uh, passing or no? I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. Interested in seeing what you guys have to say about this one. I just think these kinds of bills are ridiculous. And the fact that he is trying to regulate this, it, to me, is just kind of appalling for Republicans that are supposed to believe in freedom and liberty and your right to choose. And I just wonder, you know, if, the, if this was to be successful, you know what's going to be next is you're going to have all the vegans banning restaurants that serve meat because they're going to say that the, that, that, that the smell is, is, is bothers them anytime they walk by them in the streets. And so I think this is a very, very slippery slope for them to even start to charter. What do you think, Yeah, Gretchen? but the EPA already regulates odors. I mean, this is, uh, this is not something new, Jason Beck. Just saying. Well, what, what I've seen about this is that people learn that the, the particular smell from burning raw cannabis you know, their mama told them was bad. Mm-hmm. So deep down in their olfactory amygdala and hippocampus, they've got a memory that mama said this is bad, so when I smell it, but if they're standing next to somebody vaping, they don't hit that smell, and nobody gives two shits about it. Okay? So there's emotions involved in this mm-hmm. that, I mean, I've seen people act foolish in public over an issue where it's like, God damn, you know, Somebody outside smoking weed. Well, we don't want it. It causes all these emotions to me. Well, that sounds like a personal problem to me. And I'm not in favor of passing laws you can't enforce. How in the hell do you enforce this? Yeah. Okay. It's just more of the nanny state. It's very true. Yeah. If if I'm on the subway, I don't want to smell your BO. There's nothing I could do about that shit. Yep. Exactly. No. Exactly. Well, but if, if there's an actual public health threat, and making it say an infraction. The problem they got is that the smoke from cannabis is not a public health threat like the smoke from tobacco is. You've never been a cancer for smoking weed directly, and so you can't say it's going to cause secondhand smoke cancer when initial smoke cancer doesn't cause cancer either. Like the the argument falls apart, and it's just an emotional group of bullshit arguments why we don't want you doing something because my mommy told me this is bad and smelling it reminds me my mommy said this is bad and my butthole's puckered up and you can't do it mm-hmm. neener neener but Dale, i mean you bring up tobacco i mean but isn't it brought up for the health concerns of inhalation not for the smell of it oh well, yeah but a dr taskin in the 80s at ucla did a study and said that breathing the air in Los Angeles is more unhealthy than smoking weed. There's never been a cancer from smoking weed. And this is where the argument falls apart because, oh, look at all the, you know, you're inhaling smoke. Well, yeah, but is the smoke a problem? We don't want to talk about that. Well, there is the problem. The smoke is not carcinogenic. In California, we've got to get a Prop 65 cancer warning over weed. Why? 
well, because somebody wanted it there because it, you know, satisfied some position they took on weed and they wanted it there. Well, it's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a problem. So many weed is laws, it, they are nonsensical. Is this yep. guy arguing? Is this guy arguing about the smell or about the health hazards of the smoke? He didn't talk anything about the health hazards. Not like a <laughs> old just girl says the in smell. DC. He said the smell. Mm-hmm. See, they're off. trying to regulate smells. They're trying to regulate the terps and trying to take everyone's terps. What happens to Jimmy John's when they give free smells away? Exactly. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Man. What about pheromones? Some of them are actually attractive, mm-hmm. you know? Next thing you know, they're going to yeah, be trying I, to I ban remember, cologne. I remember seeing on uh, 60 Minutes a study where um, these women are attracted to certain men's B.O. Mm-hmm. What happens to them? You know, they're never going to find their soulmate because they can never smell That's right. the scent of his armpits. Well, you don't get pheromones oh, on Jason these Jason Beck, there goes his dating game. No, you know what? There was actually, there was actually a study. There was, there was actual, actually a study, um, uh, man, uh, in, regards, in regards to this, but they were saying that um, uh, w- with your partner, if you do not like their smell, there's, there's like a 90% chance that you will end up breaking up with them. Sure, I believe that, but I don't know. I've also grown up in places where, you know, I was smelling the Heinz plant my entire life, and they didn't make ketchup there. They only made vinegar, so that didn't smell too hot. And then later on, I lived near a tannery, which also, not pleasant. Well, also, Um, Gretchen, I think you've been... But no one seemed to fight that. You've been to Colorado and the Purina Purina factory over there. Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, you can smell that for miles on miles before you even get to the Purina factory. It's just like, oh, my God, what is that rancid smell in the air? It smells then like I've also horses. smelled the the Nabisco plant nearby. I smelled like cookies all day, so that was nice. Yeah. Smell like cookies. Well, out here in California, we have a north south freeway called Interstate Five, and right alongside of it is a is a cattle yard mm-hmm. or a feedlot, and yeah. your eyes water for miles as you drive past this goddamn thing. But there's a right to farm law in California. That you know these are normal smells from abyss. Has been there for a long time. Too bad you can't bring a nuisance suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at Harris if Ranch. If you smell weed, man, we're going to close your operation down. Some of it's it's just nonsensical. That's, that's well, cool. and I think when it comes down to the actual going to court, I think they're going to have a hard time uh, pushing this against um, folks who say they have nowhere else to smoke it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if you try and crack down on this, you're going to get a lot of arguments about uh, uh, folks who don't have a good place to go um, yeah. and do smoke it on the street. I, I that's a debate I don't think they want to get into. I don't think this thing is going to go very far. I don't either. I'm with you, Gretchen, on that. Yeah. Not from yeah, a common yeah, sense no, standpoint, yeah, but. And he has no friends on this bill either. Nobody's riding with him. He's growing solo. I don't think this is, has a snowball's chance in hell. He's doomed. He's doomed. Uh, All right. Yeah. You ready, Rico? We have a, uh, yeah, yeah, have yeah. A we got a commercial, Adam. Let's go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Coming to the stage next, he is the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer, West Hollywood's president, for cannabis tourism, known to many for smoking the best weed in the world and his undying support of the man who just can't shut up. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. I have some fascinating, fascinating news I think you guys will all be very interested in because I'll tell you what. We know that uh, that, that, that uh, community in Florida that uh, all, the, all the senior citizens live at, well, I think it has some competition over here on the West Coast because Orange County City of Seniors may allow cannabis businesses. That's right. Laguna Woods residents are arguing cannabis isn't just for the younger generation. Orange County City, with the highest percentage of senior citizens, is the latest in the county to discuss bringing local cannabis shops for residents to access medical and adult-use cannabis. The council is holding a public hearing at their upcoming July 19th meeting to get more input from residents and city staff about certain regulations of these businesses. At that meeting, staff will bring a proposed ordinance for council con- uh, council's consideration to potentially move forward. At a meeting on June 21st, the council members had a preliminary discussion about what weed shops could look like in the city, and most residents commenting publicly that night were in support of allowing cannabis storefronts. In November of 2022, Laguna Woods residents passed Measure T with 61.03% of the vote. This measure approved a tax rate on cannabis businesses. The council later voted to set this tax rate at 10% the maximum amount allowed under state law. Laguna Woods is made up of mostly seniors with 80% of the city's residents aged 65 and older, and the Laguna Woods Village, which makes up around 90% of the city, is a 55 and older independent community with more than 15,000 residents. In a quote, our residents report a better quality of life using cannabis, council member Shari Horn said on, at the uh, June 21st meeting. She also says it's another tool in the toolbox that benefits seniors. Most public speakers at Laguna Woods Council meeting supported allowing cannabis shops in the city for medical purposes. And the, in a quote, the need for medical marijuana in the village is tremendous. I have spinal stenosis and the change was immediate. Resident Maureen Moeller uh, said at, at the meeting and Mueller said she was part of a study conducted by the University of California, Irvine, on the effects of medical cannabis. She commented that she has to make her an hour-long trip to Santa Ana to access their cannabis shops. And in a quote, she says, at this stage of my life, I can still make the drive on the freeway, Meyer said. I'm not sure in a couple of years I will be capable of making that drive. Uh, Mary Sheets, a Laguna Woods resident, uh, described her experience using cannabis after her husband had had a heart attack and died in the middle of the night. She said she used marijuana to help her sleep while she was grieving. In a quote, I finally was able to get a good night's sleep the first night in two months, Sheets said at the uh, at the meeting. In a quote, I'm here to ask, ask the city council to pass the cannabis dispensary ordinance that when people like me who may have never used cannabis before but find find at some time in their life that they may need it, that they may be available to them. Another speaker, a cancer survivor, said cannabis was the only thing that kept the nausea away during chemo. If approved, the city would join Santa Ana and Costa Mesa and other cities currently that allow cannabis shops in the city. And the biggest push in in most cities for allowing cannabis storefronts is the tax revenue. Taxes from cannabis businesses can bring in millions every year that can be used for local programs and improvements. But Laguna Woods, 
Um, most attention is focused on the medical benefits of the aging population. Other cities like Buena Park and Huntington Beach have considered bringing these businesses to the city, but haven't taken that final step. And in Mission Viejo, the council quickly shot down a similar proposal last year. If approved, the shops would need to be 600 feet from any drug rehab facilities, daycare centers, libraries, and storefronts. Or, or, or schools, excuse me, and staff identified six locations in the city that could house a cannabis storefront while following these guidelines. The council will hold a public hearing for cannabis business regulations at their meeting on July 19th. So check it out, see what's up. And man, oh man, oh man, Laguna Woods, they may be coming and getting you high pretty soon. You can just stop by, visit your grandma and get some weed all at the same time. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. What do y'all think? I think it's good to see that old farts like me are standing up and demanding that we have access. It's the most under-targeted market in the industry right now. Mm -hmm. It's people in my age group, um, 60 plus, I mean, I'm well past 60, but where, you know, if you've got aches and pains, you can take um, Tylenol and aspirin and other things, but cannabis is much better. Um, And then teaching people how to titrate, how to use it, my experience has been that people are interested because they can do this and it not only helps their pain, but it's psychoactive. There's been a push in the medical industry to deal with um, people's chronic conditions and taking the psychoactivity out of all the pharmaceuticals because, oh, that we can't have that. Um, you know, I, I don't feel the same way because our family went through cancer mm-hmm. and the only way that Molly was able to eat and basically stay alive with smoking a lot of weed. Um, So we've been down that road. I understand that one. And it's, it's a good medical hook, but you start getting 60 plus things hurt. You know, you've got chronic conditions and there are a lot of products that could be marketed and packaged specifically for old farts like me that are just looking for um, some relief from conditions that aren't going to go where they're going to get worse. And like Lee said, I don't want to drive an hour to go get something. I mean, I don't know why she doesn't call it delivery service, but, you know, there there's a market wide open right there. And old people like me, it's like, yeah, do I smoke weed? Yeah. What business is it of yours? Get out of my house. Mm-hmm. I take a shitload of medicines, too. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if to really get this thing passed, I mean, shoot, the older demographic might be what you actually need since they're the folks who actually go out and vote. Uh, Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. might actually start listening to this crowd, especially in places like California, uh, where they have been slow to bring uh, the legal market into many, many uh, communities. So I don't, I think this is a great thing. I agree with you, Dale, wholeheartedly. People should be listened to more. Uh, My mother is of this crowd of who has discovered uh, some benefits to cannabis in her old age, truly has not done it in a thousand years. Uh, but now faces a lot of questions. How do I get it? What do I do? Yada, yada. And no one mm-hmm. is really out there. Her doctors don't give her that help or information. It took her, I think, three or four tries to get her doctor to actually give her a recommendation so she could get her medical card. Because um, doctor just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because that just wasn't their thing. Like so many aren't educated. Doctors are not brought into this space at all. Uh, so if these folks are out there advocating for it, I think I think that's a great thing. Oh, well, yeah. the issue of the medical community being involved in this is it, they are failing left and right. Um, medical training does not include the endocannabinoid system, although they study the endo-opioid system like crazy. 
physicians are reluctant. And, you know, this is one of the reasons that Molly and I spit in the DEA's eye and made them take us to trial because they wanted to scare the shit out of the medical community. And to a certain extent, they have. Okay. And so physicians are, I mean, I tell them all the time to their face, you got to grow a nutsack, guys, you know, and stand up and say, no, I won't do this anymore. That requires a whole lot of effort, and I don't see anybody doing it. So I'm happy to see that a, a senior community is going to pound the drum until they give them what they want. But California is circling the drain, folks, on their industry. So, you know, this I'd like to see it, but I'd like to see it happen all over the state and then all across the nation. And, you know, this I, I support this, but I don't know that this is the, uh, the, the last word we're going to have on trying to bring seniors into this discussion. Yeah, and Pat, they 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 approve this. Uh, the 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 people there, sixty one percent, speaking in 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 support of this. I think that's a super super high number, um, for such a conservative county, and for, especially for a senior well, class. I I work with conservative counties, and if you understand their thinking, then you can break through this. Okay, mm-hmm. but the problem that I have, in in I'm I'm working in a, the county I live right now. We passed an uh, an initiative years ago, and it was like 62, 63% in favor of it. But the bureaucracy moves so slow, and if you have factions inside your bureaucracies that don't want to do this, they find ways to slow it down. So I'd be interested to see if they do this with alacrity, like, hey, we want a business to be up, we're gonna do it, we're not gonna make all these impediments, let's get going, and they can do it uh, in a short period of time. I'm all in favor of that, because I think from a business standpoint, you want more conservative, business-minded people helping you get a business up. Yeah. But I've also found these conservative-minded business folks that don't like weed will act like the, the right-wing authoritarian, you know, I want, because I can dream of this, I want it to be regulated and taxed. And it's the dichotomy we fall into. So I'm, I'm looking for Republican support and conservative business support to make this work, and not have it be a woke, you know, type of pissing match. and. You know, I think old folks are, are going to be one of a, the better shoehorns to get this all working and get it get it on the on the path to success. I would love to see these old people show up for uh, the presidential election and say this is an issue that they care about. And that's oh. I truly believe this is the only way that this is going to get moving um, is if you get an actual voting demographic behind it. And I know people think that people come out to vote for cannabis. They come out to vote for legalization of it in a presidential year. But any other time, no, this crowd is completely out of touch, doesn't mm-hmm. pay attention, does not care. That That's part, just how it is. I, I agree with you on that, Gretchen. Very very much so. Very much so. But we're gonna keep keep this keep this train moving. Do we have another commercial, Adam? All right, let's run this commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. Coming up next. That's right. It's Mr. Dale Schaefer. He's an attorney at law and founding partner of the Armada Armada Law Practice. And and also, at one point in time, he did some time for a cannabis crime. That's right. That's right. What do you have today for us, Mr. Dale Schaefer? 
Well, um, I understand you touched upon this already, but this is the um, Wrigley suit against Terp Hogs. And, you know, it, when I read this, um, the headline is Skittles Makers IP Deal ends Skittles for Cannabis Company. And instead of an S, they replace it with a Z. Um, and when you scratch and sniff in this, it's, it's an issue that I have broached repeatedly with clients of mine that are using some name and they don't have IP rights yet. So you go out and California will give you a trademark. <clears throat> Excuse me. The U.S. Patent and Trade Office will give you some trademarks on non-cannabis products. But one of the issues I've dealt with repeatedly is that people who have not been in the regulated market come up with names that are very close to a, a big name trade name. In this case, it was Skittles. Skittles own, is owned by Wrigley, which is a big candy company that is in many different uh, products around the world. But the, ner the name Skittles, their trademark, their trade dress, their marketing campaigns follow certain specific um, tracks of logic, okay? They bring people in, they spent millions of dollars to bring people to their product. And I'm, it sounds like some meeting at this Terp Hog, somebody said, well, let's just change from an S to a Z and let's swim around Skittles a little bit in our marketing and this will be okay. When you read this, it turns out that uh, it's not okay. And I've tried to caution my clients before that you need an IP attorney to look at this and make sure before you go out and market this, it's going to pass muster. Not just is the name used, but the trade dress, the marketing campaign. Because if you don't, this is an example of what will happen to you. This court um, issued a permanent injunction against Terp Hogs. And as I was telling Jason earlier, this is like what would, used to happen when your dad took you out to the woodshed and uh, put a little leather to your ass. Because they told Terp Hogs that not only can you not use this name, you can't use any name that looks like it. You better scour every uh, storage facility you have. And you better destroy every product that has a name like this. you got to take it off your social media. Now, you're prohibited from doing anything that even remotely sounds like it's in the same zip code as Skittles. And this is going to be one of those benchmarks that we're going to use in the legal community to try and caution people about trying to marketing their product and steal somebody's intellectual property rights. Because this is a beatdown to Terp Hogs, and I think it's meant as a deterrent for others out there. Careful, you can't take Coca-Cola and change it from a C to a K and have the same red color. And, you know, I'd like to, you know, buy the world a Coke with a K. No, you're going to get in trouble and you need to rein this stuff in. So this is a much bigger discussion than to get spanked because I got spanked. Because my advice to people is I bring in my IP attorneys right away. We get opinions from them. We get trademark registration locally, and we get it in the uh, federal system. And in this case, they were told you got to give up all those trademarks and walk away from all this stuff. So there's my story. We can go deeper into this. I don't want to get too geeky for people. But there it is. Let's throw it back out and see what we want to discuss about this. I mean, Dale, I just, so, so, so the Wrigley family, Bo Wrigley, he also owns Cresco. And so I just see this as the perfect opportunity for now the MSOs to basically control 
the Skittles brand because of this ruling now, because they own Mars, they, so that so therefore they own Skittles, and therefore they own cannabis dispensaries, and therefore they already have a Skittles brand within the cannabis community, and they can easily, easily just sign a licensing deal with themselves mm-hmm. and really bring this brand back to life and have and and them reap all the benefits. Well, they don't have to call it Skittles with a Z either. But the, but as the, I was telling you, if Coca Cola. Um, if if there, there was a market out there for soft drinks with cannabinoids in them, Coca-Cola could license their name, all their trade dress and everything, a Coca-Cola product with cannabinoids in it. Mm-hmm. But if you try to steal it, they're not going to allow you. And I agree, Jason, if this if there's a big market for Skittles with a Z, there is. and they've been told never touch Huge. Yeah, you can license that Skittles and use the actual Skittles and jump right into that that void left by this decision. Mm-hmm. And, and then also, too, you also have to realize that the general public is always still going to be use, using the name Skittles, especially in regards with the strain for all of these different products. And 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 what about what about companies, Dale? And this is where I also wonder: what about companies that that cultivate Skittles and just and sell it as Skittles? Are these people going to be subject to possible litigation also for just putting? Uh, Skittles with a Z on their packaging because that's the strain that's inside and have no relation or ownership to Skittles? I would say that this ruling would be used to buttress any argument to make them stop. Yeah. I mean, this is what the court's going to do to you. You might as well stop this now voluntarily. I'm going to kick the crap out of you. Yeah, so like say, you know, I'm I'm Joe Blow and I have a brand and, and, and I bought some Skittles weed and I want to use the word Skittles on there and so, so you're you're saying that they would be just as subject to the same type of punitive damages that uh, that Skittles would have been subject to had they not settled. Oh yeah, and the issue is always a risk benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay, the risk of not doing this for a company as size as Terp Hogs is that you're going to lose a lot of money. You got some some guy growing in the triangle and he's got you know a hundred plants that are Skittles he's using that name is it worth the money to go after him that's that's always a, a litigation decision is it worth it the money it's going to cost to stop this obviously with turp hogs they felt it was and and they didn't get their attorney's fees so that i thought that was interesting but for smaller operators you risk you know you're you risk getting spanked when you get drug in under california law if, uh, if you violate these in this un- Unfair Business Practices Act, you get stuck with the other side's attorney's fees. So we may see some of that come out and make it a little more palatable to make people stop. But businesses do this all the time. They want to find a way to market their products. And in the legitimate market, if you get too close to some big name, they're going to spank you. In the trap shop market, nobody gives a shit. And I think that's where we're seeing this. This comes out of the trap shop mentality. We'll do what we want to do until somebody takes you out the woodshed and spanks you. Now, uh, now, Dale, one other question. Um, should retailers that have these types of products on their shelves, should, should they be concerned in regards with any, um, any litigation or could they be subject to any type of uh, litigation from Skittles brand due to this ruling as well? Well, they could, yeah. Anybody that's, that's in the stream of commerce for this name brand can be subject to the same thing. I mean, well, well, if this what is if, a published opinion. Well, what, what if what if what if I'm a Joe Blow's uh, a smoke company and I have a strain of Skittles and I and then I sell this to this retailer? Is that retailer subject to that because it's not part of the Skittles brand, but they're just calling the weed Skittles? Are they subject to this as well? 
Um, they certainly could be. And if I was their attorney, I'd advise them to stop doing that. And I build into my contracts an indemnification provision so that if using this gets you sued because Skittles um, is a violation of a, of a patent or, or intellectual mm -hmm. property right, and I'm going to make Skittles defend or Herb Hogs defend me. But the, the short answer is yes. If you're in the stream of commerce of a product that you that manufacturers been told you can't do this anymore and that's publicly yeah. put out there and you continue to do it, you're looking at some state laws for unfair business practices at a minimum. No, but D D Dale, I'm not sure if you're understanding my question. So I'm just going to say um, not, not Skittles, not not Skittles, Terp Hogs in, at, at all are affiliated with this product at all. It's a totally separate company and they just happen to be growing the strain called that is known in the community as Skittles. And then they put it on some packaging and sell it to a retailer. Are, is this new company going to be subject in the same way? Um, not from this order because this order is specific to Terp Hogs. Got it. But the underlying rationale for getting the order is going to apply in the situation you just described. Yes, they could get a suit and be asking for injunctions um, and attorney's fees. And, and that would go for the retailers as well as the producers of the product. Everybody that's intentionally in the stream of commerce, yeah. Got it. Got it. This is great information. Thank you so much, Dale. Thank you, thank you so much. Go ahead, Gretchen. Well, I'm trying to wrap my head around, and I'm not getting why we think that Skittles, the real Skittles, would want to market for cannabis. Why would they put that brand in jeopardy when it makes almost well, first, this two hundred million dollars a year? I, I would argue, I would argue Skittles. that the brand isn't in jeopardy because they're doing two hundred million dollars a year, and it's not like Skittles, the flower, all of a sudden just came around at the start of legalization. Like Skittles has no, been a hype about the for, for I'm, years. I'm saying you're suggesting that Wrigley's because they own and you know Cresco and all that jazz should start actually marketing as Skittles. Yes. They, why I, would they do that? Why, why, why would, would you why jeopardize? Would why, I'm asking, why would you jeopardize your actual candy sales versus... I can see, frankly, everyone who's scared about what about the children having mm. a major issue with Skittles being like, all right, we're also going to put our name now on a, on a cannabis brand. So you think... Why you in think, God's name would they do that? Hold on a second. So you think... And let me just... So you think that if mm -hmm. if 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 Wrigley's licensed the Skittles brand to, the, to Cresco, which is their cannabis company to produce yeah. Skittles products, you think that there would be a public backlash similar to like the Bud Light campaign. Is that correct? 100%. I don't think there's a chance in hell that that would ever be a reality. Why? Have you met crazy mothers? I, I, I think you're if, underestimating if if child they haven't done thinking, it, yada, they, yada, yada. If the mothers, if, if the mothers are, aren't mad. Do you mad, know a candy brand all of a sudden is going to license its bread and butter to a federally illegal substance? Are you out of your mind? I don't think that for a chance that that, that, that would play. And remember, kids are the ones that, that what choose world? what candy the they Jason want. In the world? Kids are the ones that choose the candy that they want. The parents don't generally choose the candy that they want. Oh. Well, mama's got the money to purchase the candy, that, not the that, child. That, that part is true, but at the same time, I, I don't see that as being a reality at all. I wouldn't, if, if I was Skittles, I, that would be the nuts. least thing that I would be worried about. Oh, well, well and clearly you're not in PR. There's another twist to this. You cannot get a federal trademark on any cannabis products. So Skittles could be risking their federal trademark protection if they go into officially licensing cannabis products that violate the um, the patent laws. So Jason there's another Price. twist to it there. It's not quite as simple 
It's just, oh, go license and sell this. Someone might bring, um, you know, a suit uh, that this violates the Patent Trade Act, uh, the Patent and Trademarking Act, because you're li officially licensing an illegal product at federal I, law. And uh, Gretchen is wrong. twist to this. Jason's right, and Gretchen is wrong. Oh, Dale, <laughs> who do you think is right here? I would love Dale Schaefer's assessment. Do you think there would not be some backlash publicly from a, yeah. a major candy company all of a sudden out there branding cannabis products? Well, in my experience, there would not only be mothers, but church ladies standing up and screaming bloody murder. We don't want this. I mean, I have to deal with it in public meetings and in other forums where, oh, the children means there's mothers behind that, grandmothers that are willing to take you to task. And in a public um, policy meeting here in California in the Brown Act, if a whole bunch of grandmas show up and you vote to do something that pisses the grandmas off, you know, you're may get shot in the street mm -hmm. got to be careful about that so i think gretchen is probably seeing and see i can tell you because i have five children 12 grandchildren i've been in the mix with kids and i've stood up you know to protect my children not so much about this but i know that um, parents and grandparents can be unreasonable um, monsters when it comes to children and grandchildren and it's just a difficult situation to be in when they're screaming at you and you're trying to be reasonable and like sit down, shut up and take your lumps and come back and fight another day. I mean, Jason Beck, look at your, your pals of DeSantis out there. I mean, who are pushing education as the major issue um, and getting people on board to vote for him, like Glenn Youngkin. I mean, to think that parents aren't going to have an issue with this, I think you're out of your mind. I don't think they're going to have an issue at all. And I think out all that all that is and and the, the the other part of the matter is that kids aren't allowed in these dispensaries. So to think that that's I'm not a saying that kids are allowed in the dispensaries. That, that I'm not is, saying that, that whatsoever. That's, that's what I'm not suggesting that children are going to be like, "Yay, mom, go buy me some cannabis skittles." What? I'm not <laughs> that stupid. I'm saying that they are going to have an issue with the candy also being a part of cannabis. That's all I'm saying. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not buying that one, but I would love to see because I imagine that this is going to Because so happen many kids are going and, into bookstores and saying, Mom, please, please buy me this Black History Month book. And I, and I uh, will So make. I can learn more about it. And DeSantis is like, I, I would I be mean, willing. you're out of your mind. I, out of your damn first mind. First of all, I'm not sure if those books are about Black History Month that he's banning. I'm not sure about all that. <laughs> All right, those, those are he's, he's he's banning he's banning books about that are indoctrinating. You love kids to stick your head in the Republican sand. You love it. There is some I big old conservative out there. I'm not like, buying none of that. None of that. What oh you're selling, God. Gretchen? None of what you're selling is buying <laughs> anything. Uh, little conservative Florida sand. Oh you're man, you know what? We're gonna go. Easy. Gretchen, Gretchen, Gretchen has another story today for us. I today. do have another story. Yeah, let, let's go into the next story, and I want to make a hypothetical bet with you. That oh, if in the event, what's a hypothetical bet? Well, because it, has, because it hasn't happened yet. It has, it hasn't it's happened yet. It's almost $100. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And uh, Adam, make sure that you write this down and date this, okay? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. If Wrigley's was to do Skittles, we are going to yeah. bet that there is not going to be a public backlash, and you're going to bet that there is going to be a public backlash. Shit, I'll bet you 100 bucks right now. I have no it's, problem with a hypothetical it's bet. It's a hypothetical or a real bet. bet. It's a Wrigley's hypothetical. Is, Wrigley's, real Wrigley's is in no way, shape, or form going to do this. Not a chance. 
out of your damn mind. Even we'll if it became legal, they're not going to do we're, it. We're not saying whether or not they're going to do it. I'm saying in the event that they do do it, that there would be a public backlash. That that's what. So we're, when when is when is the time frame on this? There is no time. The time frame is whenever they do it. That's so why this is a hypothetical. In perpetuity, bet. if yeah. Wrigley's ever does yeah, if this, Wrigley's all ever right, does, whatever, that's all I'm saying. Yep. All right. Fine, you're an idiot. Next. All right, go for it. All it's, right. it's all you, girl. Thanks. Uh, well, I should have done this story earlier with my other story because it's feds may restrict cannabis users' gun rights even after changes in law. Uh, this is coming from uh, a blog post, frankly, by a lawyer um, who says that there are other issues that they're going to get you on anyways, um, regardless of if they allow us to start buying guns. Uh, so they say, first, the government could charge cannabis users who purchase firearms during that period when the federal restrictions were in place. Uh, recall the Bureau of ATF requires gun buyers to fill out an ATF form, which asks yes or no to the following. Are you an unlawful user or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? People who answer no but actually use cannabis could be guilty of a felony. While these prosecutions are reportedly rare, they still happen. Two prominent recent examples are the reported investigation of Hunter Biden and charges against the mother of a six-year-old student that allegedly shot her teacher. Even if federal courts completely do away with restrictions on marijuana users' gun rights, that won't affect the potential for federal charges for making misrepresentations on the ATF 4473. Second, prior marijuana convictions. Uh, marijuana users who were convicted of certain crimes may continue to be denied their Second Amendment rights after a change in law. One on the other question of the ATF 4473 asks, with the emphasis in the original text, have you ever been convicted in any court, including a military court, of a felony or any other crime for which the judge could have imprisoned you for more than one year, even if you received a shorter sentence, including probation? Under this question, convictions for misdemeanors or any nature that simply could have led to imprisonment for more than a year, even if they did not, are sufficient to deny a firearm purchase. So a person who was convicted of a marijuana-related crime that simply could have netted more than a year sentence, even if it did not, could lose their gun rights. This, too, will not necessarily change, even if the federal courts do away with the marijuana-related prohibition. Yada, yada, yada. It goes on a little more, but since Dale's sitting here, uh, do you agree with this guy? Um, I, I, I have a personal opinion on all of this that uh, sure. because of my own experience... Um, and they decided not to prosecute me for having guns when I was clearly growing marijuana, and they could have. Um, so I, I, I find all of this to be ridiculous. The problem is that the word marijuana has permeated a lot of our laws. So even if we were to go to Schedule 1 and take marijuana out of Schedule 1, then you have to go scrub every regulation and statute out there and remove it. And I don't know that that's going to happen right away. Um, and I also am personally involved because I was convicted of a marijuana charge and I lost my gun rights. Okay. So this is personal to me. I've never, in um, no acts of moral turpitude, no violence, no nothing like that, lost my gun rights. So I fit within some of these um, uh, discriminated against groups under this law. And Do you agree with this attorney that if, even if they change the law? saying that, yes, marijuana users can now purchase guns, um, that there are still other issues they can get you on. Oh, ab absolutely. And see, this is part of um, when you're a prosecutor and you lay out in front of you <clears throat> every possible charge, 
or even as a cop, every possible thing you hook somebody up for, at what point does discretion cut it off? Okay. And you have to rely on prosecutors' discretion to cut off some of these charges, and I'd rather see them be taken off the books. You can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first here, because we're not going to see that. Yeah, there's they're still ripe for adding charges on and overcharging to get you to plead to things, and that's one of the basics of criminal justice that still causes me grief, especially over weed. Fascinating. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Jason Beck, do you have any pearls to add? I don't have any pearls to add on this. I just think that everybody should be able to own guns and everybody should be able to smoke weed. And that should just be the end of the day because regardless of what you want to consume in your body should not ban you the right from your constitutional rights. That's just my whole take on it. Um, I'm a strict constitutionalist when it comes to this, and and I think that there's a gross overreach of government anytime they try to infringe on your Second Amendment rights, especially in regards with cannabis or any drug. Hmm. Hmm. I love when you care about constitutional rights for the body when it I always your body. I always but not care about <laughs> constitutional rights. Well, first uh, of all, that was never a right, and uh, and you know there's other people that have a voice in that too, even if they can't talk. You know who who. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Don't get me started, Jason Beck. I'm, I'm not trying to, Gretchen, but you, you you brought it up, so I was gonna finish it. That's all. You know what I mean? Well, I love to poke the bear. And yeah, you're I bet. Wrong. I bet. Wrong. Let me tell you something. Jason's right, and Gretchen is wrong. Yes, yes, yes. I raised no daughters. No one ever. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I raised daughters, Gretchen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these are discussions I've had with my children. Their friends, their female friends. Granddaughters who are of age to be pregnant, mm-hmm. um, and I have my own opinions about this. And since I don't have that unit, I don't know that my opinion's worth a shit. I should stand like asking a woman: Should some guy take Viagra to make his to make a Woody? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't have one of those, so your opinion's worth what? So stay out of this. And what I think is going to be the problem here, Gretchen that this mm-hmm. right is based upon the right to privacy under the 14th Amendment substan- Substantive Due Process Clause. And that's where the pissing match is going to be, is they're going to roll us back. And women, and especially Republican conservative women, stood up and went, oh, no, keep your hands off my unit. Oh, and yes. I think that's going to be a problem for the Republican Party. They try to I beat this it's a huge problem. Because uh, I guarantee you, anyone who uh, tries to infringe upon my rights will be losing my vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, but then you see, Gretchen, what happens is that you can't be a single issue voter anymore, uh, and really not put knuckleheads in charge. So you have to figure out what battle you're going to fight. And this is one that you know I remember before they allowed this, be- before uh, abortion was legal. There, it was still happening. But it was a struggle. And even going back to 1960, when women are given the freedom to choose when they want to get pregnant, it's a change to society. It scares the shit out of men. They can't, you know, keep them barefoot and pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know they wrap their head around the solution here. Women should have a right to decide when they're going to have sex, when they're going to have a child. And no man should tell you when to do that. I mean, it should be part of a conversation you have with the dad and things like that. But no one should be telling you. Uh, what to do with your unit, period. Dale is a very I, wise, I, wise I, man. I, 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 I agree. I've I, had my daughters beat me up about this. So we've had discussions like, hey, I'm, I'm educatable, guys. What's I, the deal here? 
And this is, this is personal to women. And you know, since women have been given their, their reproductive freedom with birth control and, and an abortion, they don't want to back out of this. Okay, they do not want to give up these rights. And I don't know, Jason, my advice is cook some popcorn, stay on the sidelines. And oh, I am on the this. sidelines. I'm not. I'm not an advocate for either side or, or whatnot on this. I just. <laughs> I just do. I do believe the the reality of it is this: is is that is that I am adopted. So my birth mother chose life, and if she would have chose another decision, we would never be sitting here having this show. And I think that's a real part of the conversation that needs to be addressed and brought up and and and, and really discussed. And at the end of the day, I do believe that it's the female's choice to 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 make that decision in regards to. I just don't happen to agree with those decisions that are made and i don't think that that it should be like a form of 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 birth control to do that like there's this is a real real thing but nonetheless that's not what we're here to talk about there is one other quick story that i do want to bring up and we're going to discuss just for a second okay just because since we love all plant-based medicines today there was a big big story today and we i went out and did a man on the streets video that we're going to upload to youtube in just a little while today so i hope you guys check that out oh yeah gretchen because you know what they you know what happened it was the biggest story of the day yesterday because they found cocaine at the white house after a mysterious substance prompts an evacuation that's right a suspicious substance to be prompted a, a brief evacuation at the white house on sunday was tested and found to be cocaine they found this in the library of the White House, and this you can read the full article over on, on our website, but I want to know what you guys think about the Secret Service finding cocaine in the White House. What do you think about that? And was it Hunter Biden's, and how much cocaine was it that they found? Well, according to the Washington Post, it was a very small amount that they found. Um, is that, is that and possibly... I think this is, what I was wondering if that possibly because uh, they they had to test so much of it in relation to that it became a small well, amount with their nose. <laughs> yeah. He tested it the way you do in qualitative analysis. How does it feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think that it, somebody blew some security here, but it's it sort of defies understanding of human beings and especially in this country. People still use cocaine. I'm sorry to have to break it to you. People use cocaine. And not that I like it, but they do. And you should not be shocked and surprised that um, somebody, you know, in a position where you work a lot takes a bump every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm endorsing that, but I certainly understand it. It's a whole lot of to do about nothing. You know, somebody didn't, you don't catch Coke on the, the metal detectors coming in. So, yep, very true. And the, and, and the drug dogs, uh, the dogs in the White House are not drug dogs. So, that definitely is true. I just really wonder. What I would love to see it more, though, I would love to see the White House actually have to pay for what it costs to bring out the fire department and all these people to respond to the powdery white substance. That would be nice instead of taxpayers. And, and I will say that I am really glad that it wasn't something like as dangerous as anthrax or anything else like that. But I do wonder, do you think they keep fentanyl strips in the White House for situations like this? <laughs> Yeah, Narcan and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, you, I mean, you just, think they would have a little more control over that than you know in the um, tenderloin in San Francisco where drug use is just rampant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think that human beings use substances that are psychoactive, and if you're going to have a shit hemorrhage about it, I mean, maybe you should stop paying attention to human beings. You know, I don't encourage this, but it, it certainly happens. 
Uh. Well, and I would also wonder if they're going to uh, do an investigation into where this came from so they can fire that person like they fired the folks who admitted to past cannabis use. How are you going to fire the president's son? Jason Beck, there's no proof. I'm just saying that's, but that's the most usual. That's the most usual suspect, Gretchen. That's the most usual suspect would be Hunter Biden or one of his like, uh, one of his random random prostitutes that he's having over at the house and everything. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just what I'm saying. You've watched Murder at 1600 with Wesley Snipes way too many times. Mm -hmm. Just law and order. I think it's one of his illegitimate strippers or something. Someone they dropped their foundation and all of a sudden their foundation was full of cocaine in there. I've seen Hunter coming in and out of. There with hookers, girls on his arms. Yeah, see so, what I'm saying? Suspect him. Yeah. yeah, see what I'm saying? Just you know, you never know. I'm telling you, usual suspects. You know what I mean? Just happens mm-hmm. to be what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that was that was that was a lot of innocent people because of that. So just be careful. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, Dale. Well, thank you all so much for this t- today. Joining us at High and Nine News every Monday through Friday. Oh, yeah. Thank you for getting high at 9 with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to our sponsors, Highly Educated, Omar Figueroa, Stretch and Smoke, for helping us keep the lights on. And thank you to our correspondents for being absolutely amazing. Thank you for Cannabis Sativa L for giving us a reason to do this on the daily. And thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, The Vortex, The 91 Club, and oh yeah, Zaza Simone Brown holding it down in Twitter spaces. And thank you all for joining us and tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show.